Welcome to the Align Yourself to Success podcast, where we empower entrepreneurs to extraordinary profit through highest level transformation. When you begin with your mind and alignment, you are limitless and you are powerful. Today, we have Coach Danny D of Workflow, where she helps small businesses play big. She's a luxury brand coach helping women business owners to create a luxury brand and enjoy their lives. Welcome, Coach Danny. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. So share with us a little bit about what you do and how you began your coaching story. Okay. So um, prior to coaching, I created a events business. So I had an events business. I started out with doing desserts and then slowly adding um, balloon decor to that company. And it actually started by total accident. I was doing stuff for my son's birthdays and people started placing orders and I'm like placing orders for what? (laughs) Like, this is not a business. And so eventually it became a business and I started doing that. And um, I was working full time, wasn't really, you know, happy where I was. And I decided to shift into the business full time. And so I went from a hobby to creating a luxury brand in my business. Along the process, I went through a lot, you know, education, mindset, all these different things to become that business owner I wanted to be. But during that process, I also learned that there were so many other women business owners that were out there that were passionate creatives that just didn't know how to do the business stuff. They didn't know how to take this thing that they loved and turn it into something more than just a hobby, more than just a passion project. And so that's how I, you know, ventured into coaching because I, you know, I was going to conferences, um, balloon conferences, and in between sessions, I would have people come in, ask me questions about something I might've said a question that I may have asked during the session. And so I realized I had one of those God moments where I was like, wait, why are these people listening to, (laughs) like, why are they so intent on what I have to say? But I realized that in the creative world, a lot of times that creative energy, um, it's wild, it's free. It doesn't leave a lot of space for that structure that comes along with, you know, strategic planning and all the things that go along with making a successful business. Yeah, I can see that as true because you're dealing with a right-brained person with the creative and they have their genius for sure. So I've noticed that with coaches and, and healers and things like that too, we have such a powerful gift to share with the world, but learning those strategic back end systems and structures and foundations that we need in a business is a whole, I call it the PhD of marketing. (laughs) And we don't have time for that. We need somebody who's done that work. Right, right. And, and, and that's the thing is like, I've always been like right down the middle, you know, I've always been, I have like that creative part of my personality. So I understand the language of creatives and I understand where they're coming from. But I also have always had that, you know, strong love of business and, you know, marketing and business principles that's just always been there. And so 
you know, realizing that, you know, that was a unique thing. I didn't realize, you know, not many people carry both sides and just bringing that and really demystifying a lot of it. Because I think what happens a lot of times too is we become business owners and we start to try to dip our toes in. Then you got you have all this jargon and you know different things. You have like a million things that you have to do, but most of it is like on a different level from what you're accustomed to. So now you're trying to learn a whole new discipline. And so, you know, I try to do my best to bring those things to my clients on an easy to understand level. Let's break it down. Simple terms. I'm a very, you know, laid back person. Let's just, you know, let's make it feel like it's two girlfriends talking and not, you know, that you're sitting in a classroom. Yes, I love that. And people are so much more, I mean, there's different learning styles, but creatives are going to learn through emotion. Yes, you're going to learn through that interaction and that emotion and that connection. So that's really beautiful. And I love what you said that you help women create wildly enjoyable and profitable businesses. That's so important when you have a creative business because you want to love your business. We all do. We all want to love. Right. Yes. And you're going to share, but you also want to pay those bills. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You want to have a profitable business for sure. Yes. Yes. I mean, because we we always hear the term like starving artists. You don't have to be a starving artist. You can can love your artistry and go wherever it is you want to go with that artistry, but you can put the things in place that also make it profitable so that you really get to do what you want to do. You don't have to have that you know, the, the job on the side, or, you know, you don't have to work yourself, you know, to death just to kind of make that money. Mm -hmm. And that's really the key of, of working with a coach like you, because when you can get the business to do the work that isn't your genius and you get it structured and systemized and automated, it's doing all that work for you. Yes. 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 You don't have to, you just have this sugar daddy out in the universe providing you with (laughs) what you love no I mean it's basically true and I am you know my my point of view is work with ease and so Mm -hmm. it also you know because you know some people are you know lacking time freedom because they're working a job and and doing their business some people lack time freedom as you know solely as entrepreneurs just because they're working so much that they're not able to rest. And so, you know, that importance of putting those systems in place to where it's doing the work. Mm -hmm. You know, while we're, you know, sitting here having this conversation, somebody is clicking on my website right now and somebody is ordering something and that's doing its own work so that I can do something else. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to bring to people that, you know, because our lives are important too. It's a balance. It's always going to be a balance. You know, and the other thing, I was talking to somebody the other day about this exact, this exact topic and how the mindset of working with a coach is an investment. And yes. many times people think it's an expense. It's a business expense. It's actually an investment that will have rewards long-term. What do you, what do you have to say about that? 
Oh, I, mean, I totally, totally agree with that. I had someone reach out to me the other day um, asking questions about one of my programs. And they said, well, I'm, I just have these questions because I'm concerned about time. Because I just can't seem to find the time to complete tasks. Mm -hmm. And my response back to that was, that is the point of the program. It's to get you back that time. The the reason most times why you don't have the time is because you you haven't taken the time to put that structure in place. Mm -hmm. But it gives you back that time. It gives you back that ability to you know do those other things. A coach is that shortcut because they already have the cheat codes. They went through the process and they're willing to share what they learn with you. They've already gone through it. They went through the, you know, they went through it the 10 year way mm -hmm. and they're trying to show you how to do it in the one year way. Yes. So that's just how I look at coaches. Every coaching experience that I've been a part of has always, you know, garnered a certain level of being able to just level up much faster so now it's like, that's one less thing that I have to think about. So, you know, if my, if my speaking coach, my speaking coach is, you know, helping me with that, then that's one less thing I have to think about. All I have to do is show up and do the things that she says to do. You know, my coaching coach, she tells me different, you know, things that I need to do on the coaching and how to structure that part of the business. I just follow the instructions and I bring myself to the table. So now instead of trying to be all these people that you're not naturally, or reinventing the wheel or, or trying to figure out yourself right right you instead of doing all that work you have experts in that area come in and they're helping you so all you're really working on is being you and bringing you to the table yeah i love that and you are going to share with us some cheat codes i love that cheat codes that's so good because that's what it is a, a it really is 360 degree view of what you have a tunnel vision view of right so you're going to share with some of those cheat codes for a wildly and profitable business but before we do that i always pull a card to kind okay. of have a conversation with a, a good connection and a good vulnerability so we don't know what these cards are but they're questions and they're called the and cards and so we're just going to randomly pick one and ask a question And I like this and it says relationships. I'm going to switch it to business. Who has more power in your business or client speaking to a client in an hour business? And how do you feel about it? Who has more power in a business? Like a client versus the yeah, owner? Yeah. The, the, the wording is who has more power in our relationship and how do you feel about it? So I'm switching it to our business. So if you're working with a client, you're, you're asking your client about their business. Who has more client, more power in your client's business? And how do you feel about it as a coach? I think that who has more power in my client's business is my client. And the reason why I say that is, you know, we are, um, and this is, you know, kind of ironic because of what we're going to talk about in a minute, but we are the owners of our business. And sometimes we don't take that role as um, seriously as we should. You know, a lot of times I've seen people on social media and they're, you know, 
fussing about something that happened between them and a client. And it's almost as if they're talking as if they are on the same level with the client, like that they're not responsible for setting the stage for how that relationship goes. So you have that control over your business. You have the power to decide what it is and what it's not. And when I work with clients, that's all, that is usually the most interesting conversation when they have that aha moment that, wait, I get to decide, like, you know, they'll say what they want. I would like my business to be like this, but I don't think that it, and I'm like, why can't it? You, you get to decide. Right. So you get to decide what that looks like. You get to decide how much you want to work on that business, how much you want to work on yourself for the betterment of that business. All of those are decisions that are within your control. So you have the most power in your business and your business, you know, oftentimes we let the business have a life of its own. Mm-hmm. but you are that powerful person. Yeah, I love that. And so you have a framework that you use in your coaching. And so we're going to have you share with that, share that with us today. So I'm just going to let you, let you go with that. Okay, so I call it the owner framework and it is um owner is an acronym and we're going to go through what each of those letters mean but um the perspective behind it is most times when I meet entrepreneurs who are in that moment where they're wanting to 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 do something different with their business they become owned by the business the business has taken over, you know, they're, you know, bogged down in trying to figure it all out. They're um, overworked, they're stressed out. And so it's almost like the business owns them. And so I'm always trying to get business owners to understand that you are the owner. Mm -hmm. So we have to put the business back into the right, you know, and into this right um, space and right perspective. Yes. So I I loved what you had said in our previous conversation about mindset and your girlfriends. And yes. So I'm going to get to that. That's the E. That's the E of um, owner. So I'm going to go through them and I'm definitely going to touch on that one because that is a that is a favorite. Everyone like, you know, this is really how I think about my everything in such a clear perspective. But it was also a fun way to look at it. So it lightened up some of that heavy mindset. Yes, yes. Um, So the O of owner is overcome your mindset blocks. And a lot of times we are not wanting to deal with that. That may be a part of why our business is not doing the way that it needs to do. You know, we want to, we want to pop out something on social media. We want to do this. We want to do that. But sometimes we got to sit in our stuff. And it's not always cute. It's not always a fun experience. You know, there have been times where I've just had that sit down moment and I'm having a conversation with God. And I'm like, so is me? That's what you're telling me. It's me. It's me. All right. It was. So it's just all right. And those are hard conversations. Those really are hard conversations. And, you know, it's, that's another reason why it's a, there's a beauty to having a coach. 
because your coach can see those places where you're shrinking or that topic that you just kind of don't want to touch, but that's the thing that's keeping you from being successful. And your coach knows how to nuance that and how to kind of, you know, work you through that without creating a, a trauma experience. Because sometimes when people, you know, uncover things about you, you're not ready to hear those things. So a, a good coach knows how to work through that with you. But you you have to overcome those things. You know, sometimes it's abundance versus scarcity. You know, if you're thinking from a scarcity mindset, you're going to struggle with growing your business and gaining abundance because you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to spend that money. Well, I'm not going to invest in a coach. Well, I'm not going to do these things. But they're all things that are going to help you and help you grow your business. But you're so worried about that dollar amount. But, you know, like we, we spoke about earlier, that dollar amount is an investment. Mm -hmm. It's an investment and investments are about growth. And so the cost of what you're spending versus investing if you don't invest. Right, right. If you're having a lot of clients who have time issues, time is our most valuable asset. Right. And so if you're costing your time and you put a dollar to that, it is costing you everything. Yes. Mm -hmm. Time, health, because we, you know, we are human. We have to be able to shut it off at times. We have to be able to do those things that keep ourselves healthy. And it's more than just going to the gym it's also just, you know, structuring a life that is not creating stress for you, you know? So, and that's possible. And that's the other thing, you know, that's another mindset block that we have to get over sometimes is that the idea of possibility. Mm -hmm. The idea. Of it does not have to be a rat race. It does not have, like life doesn't have to be that way. It's actually know, possible. You had mentioned really looking at yourself and having to address this, these aspects of yourself and your personality that may not be so pretty. One thing I, I know as a coach and also having hired many coaches in my lifetime, when you're working with a good coach, that good coach is skilled. They're gonna, while they're showing you these ugly aspects of yourself, they're also showing you these beautiful aspects of yourself at the same right. time. So you feel this unwavering support. Right. So it makes right. it much easier to look at those things and to face them. And I call it facing your dragons or right. your own dragons. But when you have a coach, a skilled coach, that support is there and they're reminding you of your beauty as they're showing you you're ugly. Right, right. And you don't get stuck there because, you know, I can even say like in friendship relationships, you know, sometimes, you, you know, you get that call and your friend is like down. And you're like, well, what happened? And they're explaining whatever that situation is. And, you know, they know me and they know immediately I'm about to show you who you are. I know how you feel, but let me show you who you are. So in that moment, yes, we do all have ugly parts of ourselves. So we have, you know, sad moments. We're going to have that. But in that moment, let me show you who you are as a whole. And let me remind you, 
you know, do you remember when you did this? Do you remember when you did that? Do you remember? So we, we going to sit here in this or are we going to move forward? Because when we try to do it by ourselves, sometimes looking at those dark things can make us scared, can make us start, you know, have that loathing, you know, where we get stuck there. It's just about cleaning up. It's just about cleaning up. You know, sometimes, you know, you get you get all dressed up and your bra strap might be showing. I'm just telling you, tuck your bra strap in. You, you still look beautiful. Right. I love that. You, you still look beautiful. It's just something that we just finessing and we're, you know, keep it moving. So so that's the, you know, over overcoming mindset blocks. And then the the W is workflows. And so, you know, that's the name of my company, you know, that, so you know that that's something that's very important to me, but that's basically just creating systems and processes that work for you. So we, you know, we tend to, especially as, you know, creatives and healers, we're so connected to our work that we tend to want to have our hands in everything and every part, but Time doesn't permit that. Have you found or seen with a kind of a theme with all of your clients in that when you ask them a question like what's working for you, it always comes down to the work. The work yes. works. I love yes. what I do. Yes, is 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 it that's the beauty of what I do. I love doing it because I love like I could sit and listen to someone talk about their passion for hours. I love that light in people's eyes when they start talking about that thing that they're super passionate about. And, but I also can feel that struggle of, you know, I have this thing and it's so big, it's larger than life, but then how do I make it, you know, real? How do I, you know, turn that corner? And so that's why I love what I do because I'm, I'm a problem solver. And so, you know, I see that you have the passion. I know that you really love what you do and you want to get it out there. I know how to help you get it out there. So let's, you know, sit together and work through it and work through that process and help you get it out there and then help you put those systems behind it so that you're not, you're not continuing to get stuck because the systems are usually the parts that you don't like to do anyway. You know, you you want to be touching the thing or in front of that client. That's the thing you love to do. So let's automate all the rest of it. So you're not having to do that thing that you don't like to do, but it's still getting done. It's still happening. And your client is still getting that luxury experience. So yeah, that's the importance of like the workflows and just, you know, having it, and you can still, I think one of the biggest, um, what I want to say, misconceptions that people have about automation is that it's going to feel automated. Spammy. It feels spammy. It feels out of alignment, out of integrity. It feels gross and salesy. I love that you're addressing this. I'm a sales and coach sales. It is a taboo thing to talk about, but let's talk about it. No, let's talk about it. Look, there's no, no subjects off, off the table. You know, we, we have to deal with the reality is it's not going to help us if we, you know, try to sugarcoat 
But the thing about it is a lot of times the reason why that feels salesy is because you haven't found your voice yet. Mm, And when you, when you find your voice and when you know who your ideal client is and you put those two things together, then everything that you create should be based off of that. And so when you are doing, you know, your automations, it's not, you know, a lot of times we phone it in. If you were talking to a client face-to-face, you would not phone it in. So when you create it, create it with that client in mind. Then it feels more like I'm in service. I'm showing up for you versus I need something for you. So I'm going to automate this thing. Right, right. No, show, write it with your client in mind. Write it as if you were sitting here saying, Christy, I want to tell you about this, or I want to make your experience better. And always from the perspective of your client, not from me, me, me. You want them to understand that you're there for them, but write it in that way and they'll receive it in that way. So for my, um, for my balloon business, a lot of my correspondence are automated based off of how I know that the process needs to flow. And the reason why I automate it is part of it is time freedom, but part of it is also consistency of my client experience. Because I don't have to think about, did I remember to tell them this? Did I remember to say that? Did I remember to confirm this? I don't have to worry about that because it's already set up and I already know that it's happening. But one of the things that I, the the feedback that I get, especially you know, from my corporate clients, your system was so easy to work with and your communication was top-notch. And what I hear you saying is if you have complete clarity on who your client is and the exact way in which you can help them, yes. then it flows. If those and two it flows. are missing, you won't have that flow. Right. And that's, and that's the difference is that it's, you know, like I said, it's two things that I, I noticed is either that you're phoning it in, you didn't want to, you know, you're just trying to get it done. And so you didn't take the time to make it, you know, your voice, or is that you haven't clearly determined your client's love language. And so you're, you're not speaking to them. I have people respond to automated emails like fully emotional as if it's a, you know, like, you know, I I had somebody send me a request and there's, you know, automated email that comes out with the request. And then in the request, and, and that one, I don't even make super, super personal because I want you to know that it's an auto reply just saying that I got your email and I'm gonna get back to you. But even that one is written in a way that people tend to think, that I, then they're like, no, I already sent you this. And I'm like, it's an auto, it's an auto reply. I'm gonna read it. I'm promise I'm gonna read it. And sometimes I I will stop what I'm doing and reach out and say, oh, hey, sorry. That's, you know, just the confirmation that I got it. I'm gonna look it over and get back to you shortly because I don't want that person to feel, you know, 
that I I'm not acknowledging what they've you know done already but I'm saying all that to say people are so fearful of that automation taking away the humanity they still feel the humanity because when I wrote it I wrote it to them even though I might not have known that individual them but I know my client and knowing my client means I still know them and so don't fear that automation. That's, that's just, you know, I'm going to leave it there. Don't fear the automation, but use it in a way that is nuanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that. It, automation can create connection and a heart-centered process. Yes. Yeah. If you do it using what you just said. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because you, because it, it's, it, Ultimately, everything that you do in your branding and marketing should continually tell your client, I get you. I get you, I understand you, and I can help you. Yeah. So the N and own is now. Act now. And that one is just from the standpoint of we have these ideas and we think about these things and we consume all of this content and we go to, you know, class and workshop and this and that. We do all of that. And then it just sits in a notebook somewhere and we don't do anything with it. And so when I'm building my programs, I always think about how can I get my clients to be more action oriented? So every, sorry, I love that you're bringing up action, but what I hear from you is it's intentional action. Yes. Yes. Very intentional action. I'm all about strategy, you know, strategy of, you know, that's, you know, really knowing where you want to be going and then taking intentional action to get there. And I, I, I know that that's, you know, it's so easy for us to just pile up the notebooks, you know, I'm a notebook girl. I love writing down ideas, but we have to start becoming more action oriented. And I had a a, a colleague of mine, we've gone to, you know, three or four different conferences together. And we were just chatting one day and she's asking if I was going to the upcoming conference. And it was, you know, during COVID and all that. And I was like, I don't think I'm going this year. And she said, yeah, she says, you know, it's, it's a little expensive. She said, but every time we go to a conference, she's like, you immediately come back and do something with that information. And I took that as a compliment, but I also was like, well, why are we going to conferences if we're not going to, you know, do something with that information like everything that you are learning should be catapulting your business forward so we have to start getting action oriented we have to start you know going into things with an action plan because before i go to a conference i already have an action plan before i get there and then coming out with that i you know i have a thing my own note-taking system if i write an arrow next to it then that means that that's something that I need to do immediately. So when I either before I leave, you know, at night, you know, before I go to bed during the conference or when I get back, 
those are things that I'm about to knock out because they have a, you know, line that they have that arrow and the arrow means I need to take action on it. And we have to stop that hesitation. So in my programs, what I do is I break everything up into small segments because I know we're busy, we're running businesses and we're trying to learn at the same time. But those segments are followed by an activity. You have to do something with that information. Because yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here hearing in the beginning, you're talking about these people coming to you. I don't have enough time. And then, but they have enough time to go to a workshop or a weekend thing, but then they don't implement because then the mindset of I don't have time kicks in. And what's missing is intentional. We have just discovered that through this conversation, intentional action. But what would you say that mind piece is? where it's getting in the way of, I really do have the time, I'm just using it wrong. So yes. here's the intention and let's break it up into these components so you can get things done. I think that the mindset there is that I have to have the whole thing understood and planned out before I take action. So not only the belief of I don't have time, but the belief of, I need more information. I need to do right. more. Mm -hmm. Right. These, so, are, these are very foundational, common beliefs in, in every entrepreneur. These yeah. are the things that show up. If you went and interviewed 500 entrepreneurs, it's always the exact same things. Time, I need to know more. Yeah. No, one of, one of the things that I say often is um, perfection is a form of procrastination. Absolutely. Perfection we, is actually something that causes procrastination. And if you, I, this is one of the things I'm very passionate about is switching that to excellence versus perfection. Right. But yeah, so it's like that idea of, well, you know, because when I start peeling that back, when I hear it, you know, well, I can't this until that and something, something else. It, it all usually sounds pretty much like that. And I'm like, so you can't call and find out what the steps are because you don't know some fictitious thing that you made up that's on step 12. <laughs> right, that's exactly. But that's yep. what it is. You know, there's so many things, you know, I can even think of in my own life where I didn't take an action because I, cre instead of taking the action at that moment, you know, that fight or flight, I decided to create a narrative in my head of what the action was going to look like. And so the energy, it, it, it probably would have taken me the time it took for me to come up with this story to finish that thing. But then once we put that narrative in our head that it's going to be so huge and this thing is going to happen and we, you know, we've created this whole movie and we get to that point where this thing that literally could have taken five seconds ends up where, you know, five, 10 years later and we've never done that thing because we've now attached a fear to that thing. And so we've never... We've never gone and explored it. And then, then you, you know, when you finally build up the courage and you go to find out, you know, 
how do I go through this process? And they're like, fill out this form and pay this fee. What? I've been scared of this for how long? And all I had to do was this one thing. And so, you know, when I'm working with a client, I, I, I actively question that. You know, I had someone say, oh, well, I never went and um, formalized my business. And I said, oh, okay. I said, well, you know, what's the plan? And their response was, oh, well, I'm going to, I put it on my goals because we like that too. We like to make these lists and goals, right? So I put it on my goals and I'm going to get it done before the end of the year. And so while they're talking, I literally went to their state website and I was like, it's right here. That's the process. It don't take till the end of the year. What day are you going to have this done? And it's that you, you take the, the air out of that excuse that you're putting in your mind and you start to realize I am, you know, operating in fear, not in logic. Mm-hmm. Because it literally was like, bring your, it's almost like we're inducing our own fear in those situations. (laughs) Yes. Well, I mean, and I also say, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to use this to kind of segue into the next one, which is emotional awareness and placement, you know, and that's where I was telling you before about how I look at, um, I look at my emotions as girlfriends. Like it's, you know, kind of just all different versions of me, but they're girlfriends. But if you look at fear as the girlfriend that fear is the master of disguise. So fear is that girlfriend that yesterday she was a blonde. Today she didn't shave her whole head off. She gonna wear a blue wig tomorrow. Fear never shows up in the same way. So there's a lot of things that we do and we, we accredit it to something else, but it's still just fear. So when we're in in action, that's a fear response. We've let fear creep in and she whispering in our ear and she's saying, girl, don't go do that. That's, that's going to be hard. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot. There probably going to be a lot of people at at the office that you got to go to. And what if they ask you about, you know, how long you've been, actually operating and you know it's all these things she's telling you that are keeping you from doing it or she's telling you you don't have time but she don't say nothing when you're sitting on the tv binge watching netflix she she quiet then when you're doing things that's familiar to her she's comfortable Mm -hmm. you know she's you know i have um a Facebook post where I say she's the she's the girl. She doesn't she don't want to try no new food. She don't want to travel nowhere. She don't want to do nothing except the same stuff that you've always done. And whenever you start to venture into something different, she starts to she's she gonna whisper, you know, because she she gonna be subtle with it. Because sometimes she, again, she doesn't want you to know it's her that's saying this. But she's going to whisper these things in your head. She's going to bring up all these mindset blocks. She she remember every time you failed. And she's very quiet sometimes. She, those whispers right. are so quiet. Yeah, she just whispers it. But you remember that time when you tripped in the third grade? Everybody <laughs> laughed. 
she's gonna whisper that in your ear when you're trying to do something and trying to be great and it's you know and when i say like you know emotional awareness and placement i feel like all of your emotions have a purpose i don't believe in fearlessness i don't believe that you're going to reach a point where you no longer have fear the most successful people in the world still have fear they still have self-doubt they still have anxiety that's going to be there but you have to put those things in their proper place so that they're not taking over your life. So fear's role is to make sure you don't die. That, that's pretty much the gist of her role is right. to make sure you don't do, you don't die and you don't do something like really, really like, you know, detrimental, but she get a little too cocky <laughs> and she thinks that she, she's not a voting member on your board. She just can make comments. That's it. And I, I love how you're addressing fear and the permission to have it is really what you're saying. Yes. It's okay to have fear. You're supposed to have fear. She just doesn't get a vote. She don't get to vote. She can, you know, when you go to those town hall meetings, she can get up in, 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 in the, you know, part where you can come up and say a, a, a citizen's comment, but she's not on the voting board. She's not a decision maker. She just can say, have you thought about this? And that's really all she's supposed to do is say, have you thought about this? To give you an opportunity to work through some of the things that may be an obstacle so that you're prepared. That's all she's supposed to do. But she got out of line a long time ago and decided that she's running the show. And so it's just important to put her back where she's supposed to be. But I always want people to know she's still going to be there because a lot of people feel internally like something's going wrong when they feel these emotions. You know, you see people on social media and they say being a business owner is amazing. And, you know, when you're when you're living your passion, everything is wonderful. And right now they're, 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 they're having a doubt moment or fear is taking over, or, you know, they're not feeling that excitement. And then they feel like, well, I must not be good at this. I must not be cut out for this. That's not it at all. You're just human and you have emotions. And so acknowledge them, learn them, learn their triggers and their cues, learn how to work with them instead of trying to work against them or trying to ignore that they exist. So, you know, like I personally, um, I have anxiety. It used to be paralyzing for me when I was doing something new, doing something big. And now that I have learned that about myself, I know I can feel it when it's coming. I know what she looks like. I, I, I'm like, girl, I see you. I see you trying to creep in here. You know, she's she peeping from the side of the room. I see, we're not doing that. You know, another, another thing that I'm kind of hearing in this is fear shows you what's important to you. Yes. Fear shows you how it's important to you to show up. Yes. But it's important to you to do a good job. But it's yep. important to you to make a difference. It's important to you to make an impact. So yeah. we can listen to her 
and here, oh, that's because this is important to me. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. And so she's, she's showing you that. And she's also, if you put her in her right place, she's giving you the opportunity to work through some stuff. You know, so, you know, she's showing you this is important, but why do you feel like right now this thing that's important to you is threatened? Another thing I'm hearing from this is when she's showing up, it can also show you where you don't have a skill. For instance, you said, I'm going to go to this event, but what if they ask me this? Right. If you know how to address that question in your business, you have that business clarity and you have taken ownership of your business, you are going to have a level of confidence to answer those questions, to show up in the way that you want to. So when that little fear shows up, you're like, oh, I've got my tools. I've got my processes. I have my clarity. I know how to handle this. Let's go. Yes. And so, and, and, and that's what it becomes. Your, your emotions become tools. They become tools to help you be better because, you know, like for me with anxiety, it's because there's something that I'm feeling like might go wrong. You know what I'm saying? There's something that I'm feeling like might go wrong and it used to shut me down, but now it's become empowering. So before you know, she would come in and bring the weighted blanket and we about to lay on the sofa and we just going to be, you know, we just going to be over here not doing what we need to do because we just scared. And now anxiety come and she peeping, come on, girl, sit down, come on, let's talk. What is it that you think that we're not ready for? Okay, here are three ways that I know how to do that one thing. Let me look over this again. Let me, you know, it, it, she, now she comes in and it's like, now, instead of my anxiety paralyzing me, she makes me a better planner. She makes me more prepared because she's now in her proper role. She's just saying, don't forget this. Oh, this is, this order is slightly different. So you need this thing. And that's what she's supposed to do. That's the relationship we're supposed to have. But it's, it's almost like you have to create boundaries for your different emotions. So funny that you just said that about boundaries because I was literally about to say, this is also showing you where you're not seeing your boundaries or setting yeah. your boundaries. And I, I'm seeing it in a way that's if you show up, let's say at that event that we're going to and, and we're having that anxiety about it. And what are they going to say? How are they going to ask me? How do I answer that? Then you don't have to have all the solutions. You, your business handles this solution for this person. Right. When it shows up outside of that, that's where a network comes in. You know, right. that's, that's such a great question. And that's just beyond my expertise. So I'm just going to introduce you to Lisa over here who she will take care of you because she's she knows that stuff and she's got that covered that's a boundary you don't have to yes. I think there's yes. part of being an entrepreneur especially if you're a coach there's that feeling that kind of undercurrent of you have to have the answers we don't have all the answers we right. don't 
have all the answers. That's not my area of expertise. I don't even like it. I don't even want to help you with that. So I love that you brought up boundaries. Boundaries is part of that clarity and that skill that you can develop from the clarity in how to yes. talk yeah, to oh, definitely. at what you do, setting, yeah, I love that. Yeah, definitely. No, because you do have to, you know, you have to know who you are and who you aren't and be unapologetic about that. And there's like, there's a freedom there because like you say, you don't have to know all things. And, you know, and I can remember being at a point where I felt like that, like if I didn't know all the things, then, you know, who was I to be, you know, to, to be here? Who was I to, but it's not about knowing all the things. It's about, you know, first of all, you're a human first. And one of the biggest things I, I, I want to communicate to, you know, entrepreneurs and especially women entrepreneurs is give yourself grace. Allow yourself to be human. Don't feel like you have to be, you know, absolutely perfect all of the time. Don't feel like you can't be flawed and that be a part of the beauty of who you are. Don't feel like that because, you know, you know, we think about as entrepreneurs, we always want to legitimize ourselves. And sometimes in that process, you know, we're trying to, you know, make sure that nobody feels like we're, you know, not good enough. But here's the thing. If somebody is dealing with you in your small business, they came for a human being. There are corporations, big business that do just about everything that exists on earth. But if they came to you, they came for you. And you have to just be you. Continue to be you. That doesn't mean not to grow. That doesn't mean not to, you know, develop, but it also doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. It doesn't mean, you know, have unrealistic expectations. It doesn't mean that, you know, you have to beat yourself up for not being all things. They're not coming for you to be all things. They came to you for what they love about you. I love that. Be unapologetically you. There's a, a thing that I talk about in my coaching where I just say Ashashi. And Ashashi is Romanian for oh what the fuck. Sometimes we just have to say, <laughs> oh what the fuck? I don't, I don't have that answer. I don't know. Um, and this is who I am. You know, these are our strengths are so beautiful and so powerful. Those flaws. Mm-mm. and and sometimes the things that you think are flaws people are looking at as strength you, I love that you say that my nephew when he was born he got teeth really fast after he was born and they went every direction we call him snaggletooth but guess what that was my favorite thing about my nephew it was so enduring and I loved it so much and to this day that's what makes my heart melt is his little snaggle teeth and sometimes it's just sometimes is sometimes we're so busy um 
with what things look like and what they are, you know, what, what the, you know, overall appearance is. And we don't realize that sometimes we are, you know, erasing the part that people came for in the first place. The part you know, I, yeah. I mean, I was, I was, um, I was interviewing somebody um, for, for my podcast and we were talking about um, just that, that rawness. And I was talking about, cause I, you know, I, 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 when I first started doing lives, I'm an introvert. So when I first started doing lives, I would just do them every day when I would go pick up my son from school. And it was just because I knew every day I had to pick him up from school and it was just a something to get myself into action. Right. And, you know, I, I was looking back, I don't typically look back at stuff because I feel like God wanted me to put it out there. Just leave it as it is. I'm going to pick it apart if I look back at it. So I happened to like look at a video or something and I was like, eh, I want to take this down. And maybe about a week later, I was talking to someone and they were, they were specifically talking about that particular video and how that video connected to them. And then somebody else shared that video. And it was like, at that point, a year old. And I said to myself, you know, you're looking at it through a different lens because it wasn't polished. You know, I'm going to pick up my son. I got my workout clothes on. I'm just randomly talking about whatever was on my mind on the way home. And that was, but something in there was meant for someone. And sometimes when we are so hard on ourselves or are trying to create this perfect us, we are hiding, we're creating a filter that is blocking that heart. And that has been, you know, something that I've been very conscious of lately. It's just really, you know, just letting that, letting all of that go. Cause it's already work in your mind to try to, you know, curate this, this, this image, right? Let it go. Just be, because that's how you were designed. You were designed that way. And that, that voice is for someone. But if you disguise it, they're not going to know it's you. And if you have that inspiration to talk about that at the time, sometimes those are divine inspirations. They're given to you. I, 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 I talk about the difference between an answer to a prayer and our own thoughts. It's yes. sort of like whooshes, a whoosh of information in. It didn't come from me, but here it is. Right. And a lot of times those conversations that we want to have or those lives or those videos that we put out just from that inspiration may invoke a lot of shame because we want to hide, like you said, right. but they are given for a reason. We are channeling information. We're doing a divine thing as a coach. And when you're faced with that shame, if you just sit with it and let yourself feel it, you will see something come from that. And I, I tell this story a lot because this topic has come up a lot. And it was when I was new 
on Facebook and I'd been coaching for a while, but I was new visible to show my face out there. And I was working with a coach and, and she just encouraged us to just start doing them. And I did one that was very vulnerable and I wanted to take it down immediately. And I just had promised her no, and I didn't do it. But the most magic, the most impact came from that video. So I always encourage women, when you get those divine whooshes of inspiration to talk about something, put it out there and then just sit with your shame, sit with your yourself and just sit with it and let yourself feel it because those might not be the ones that get 5,000 likes and shares. They might be the ones that invoke somebody's most vulnerability. They might be comfortable talking to you privately about it. And that happens often. And that's what happened with that post. I had people start reaching out several days later and they said, it took me a while to process that, but it made a difference in my life. And I even have made, gotten clients from those posts and stuff, but they weren't the ones that got all the likes and all the attention, but they made the impact. They hit that heart center that people need. It's that vulnerability. It's that because we, we, you know, as a society, we lack it. You know, everything is about, you know, what's Instagrammable. You know what I'm saying? Like everything is kind of there. And we are not dealing with the vulnerabilities and we're not dealing with, you know, like as I've navigated like different networking groups and different, you know, platforms, I meet people who, you know, been in the industry for years and, you know, different, I meet all these different people. But when you sit and have that real serious, vulnerable conversation, I'm like, so wait, you're thinking the exact same things I'm thinking. Like you're like 4,000 steps ahead of me in this process, but you're, you, you, your heart is still the same. But we don't hear that, you know, often out loud. You know, you hear it in a private conversation, you hear it here, there, wherever, but you don't hear it said out loud and when you do that connection is there so it's like like you said it may not go viral but it it the the connection level is unreal and you know I've had people who I I've never had a conversation with before but I see them you know in public I see them at a conference or something they've been following me for a while and I've had people come up to me and say, I had to meet you. Oh, are you that lady? You, you, you were posting videos in this particular group. You know, she's like, you, you always had on blue. You know, blue's my favorite color. You always had on blue. You're like in the car and you'll be talking about whatever. Oh my God. And that person never liked. I may not even be friends with that person on Facebook, but that that for you to remember that six months a year or two years later that moment because people people know what realness feels like and people crave it because we don't we don't do that anymore you know we don't do that we're all trying to you know we're all trying to 
prove that we 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 are you're not broken you know we're all trying to be like i'm not broken i'm not broken i'm not broken we all got broken parts it's okay yeah. you know you don't have to be you know in shambles to have you know stuff we all got stuff and that's okay but you know what i've learned i think initially for me especially being an introvert it was difficult for me to be vulnerable on a stage so to speak you know not necessarily like in a physical stage but to where i'm letting strangers in because i'm very because i'm i'm an introvert and an empath so that's a that's a, a very deep combination so as a result i try to keep the people in my circle intentional because I, I know that I love hard and I don't want that to change about me. Cause sometimes, you know, you, 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 you in relationship with the wrong person, it changes you because you're like, well, I don't want to get hurt again. So I just am very selective about who's in my circle so that I could still be me and not feel like, you know, I'm going to be hurt. But then when you have to be you publicly now i have to open up that uh, the, the inside parts of myself to the outside and a lot of times there's fear there and i understand it i, I understand it from personal experience but what i've learned is there's so much freedom and vulnerability there is because you just you're just letting go and you, you had said everybody has broken parts. And I, I agree with that. It's, it, it's inevitable, right? But the beauty of the vulnerability of our broken parts and sharing our broken parts is those broken parts gave me a strength that others don't have in certain areas. Right. And science proves this, psychology proves this. Certain types of traumas, when you're very little, cause damage in your brain. But what they do is they light up and heighten parts of your brain that other people would take 50 years to develop in a, a gift or a skill. And so usually when somebody is hyper empathic, it's because they learned from a very young age how to survive using that, that gauge, like those tentacles of energy out mm -hmm. there, gauge everything so that they can make sure they're safe. That became a superpower as a coach because we can channel that and feel that with our clients and it benefits them. Yes. And so for me to talk about those vulnerabilities and those broken parts is actually showing you how powerful I am in another area where I can help you. Yes. 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 Is it and it is it is powerful for it yourself is powerful for others because if you if you feel a certain way if you've experienced a certain thing if you have a certain point of view there are billions of people on earth there's more people that feel that same way and they may feel like you know like i i um met a lady in one of my networking groups and we just like we've only known each other maybe like a few months and we've just instantly clicked and one of the things that she said was 
you know, I, I feel like you get me and I don't often meet people that I think get me. And I think because we, you know, we aren't vulnerable and we aren't putting those things out there sometimes, there's somebody might be sitting right next to you that totally gets you, but you never shared that part of yourself. That they're feeling the exact same way, you know, and I think that that's why sometimes, you know, people struggle harder with mental illness because it's not just the thing, it's the thing and feeling like you're alone or that you are different, you know, it's the combination. It's like nobody understands, but somebody understands. And a lot of times when people start like listing the, like the symptoms of different things, I'm like, I feel like we all, experience that you know like some people may experience it deeper than others but I feel like we all experience that and if we could get more in touch with our emotions and knowing you know being honest about them with ourselves and with other people that it would not just heal you it would heal so many people around you yes I love the conversation. I know we couldn't, we couldn't, it can't go all the way into the, the being an introvert with this empath, but the, the correlation to that, you know, we just touched on it with those traumas when we're younger and those, those flaws or, or broken parts of ourselves. But I would love to do a whole conversation about that with you um, on another podcast because there's so much power in that and so much permission that we can give these these women in business there's a reason that our types of clients are spiritual or Mm -hmm. creative a creative mind a a very creative mind that's exactly that part of the brain that was um, kind of triggered or or lightened lit up from those traumas And the reason that we would want to hire a coach that can put systems and structures in place in our business, because those parts of our brain might not be developed. I I am neurodivergent. I'm an empath. I am an introvert. I'm all these hard things stacked up. And people (laughs) say, but you're so confident. You're so this. But I worked hard for that. Right. Confidence and empathic it doesn't connect you a confident person can be introverted or extroverted confidence doesn't have to do with one or the other it has to do with how you regain your energy but going deep into that and talking about that psychology correlating to our business so people understand why going it alone isn't going to get you anywhere why trying to put this stuff into place that part of your brain might not ever be developed. You might not ever be able to do certain things. And that's where the, oh, what the fuck comes in handy. Because (laughs) if you just accept that you're never going to be this perfectly organized person or that you're going to be able to learn marketing at a PhD level, because that's what the level of education you need to implement marketing in your business is going to take you five years of learning that. 
and it might not ever work for your brain. And so I would love to talk more about the deeper aspects of why we hire somebody to help yeah. us with those systems and structures. And so we have one more letter in your owner, your owner. The thing. one more letter is R and it is rest, recharge and relaxation. So, so I am all. Um, me in my pajamas, because that's um, really how I live my life. Like if I'm not, you know, I, I know what I need to do to make my business run. And if I can do that in my pajamas, I'm going to spend as much time as humanly possible there. But I didn't always embrace that. I, you know, I was just like everybody else, a part of that rat race. And, you know, you always have to be going, you always have to be grinding on the grind, hustle, you know, all of those are like curse words to me at this point, because it's not serving you. You, you, you can do things differently. You can do things in a way that, you know, that you're not sitting up at three o'clock in the morning thinking about, you know, all of these random things in your business. If you are, let it be that you're dreaming. Let it be that you're, you know, thinking to the future, let it be that you're being creative, that you're letting your creative juices flow, not that you're stressed out. And, you know, we are our businesses in many cases. Like, you know, it either you are a solopreneur or even if you have a team, you are still the crux of the business. If they yanked you out, there is no longer a business. If you know, I, I tell people all the time, if you don't sit down at some point, God going to sit you down and you don't want it to be by force, you know, <laughs> and I've, I've been there. I've had it happen before. You know, I used to have chronic back pain. I've had it where, you know, I've got X, Y, Z going on. And then all of a sudden the body just shuts down. Yes. Don't do that to yourself. You need to be able to recharge and you can't dream if you never sleep. And I real quick, before we wrap this up, I want to address that you said solopreneur. I hear yes. people, there's several things that people brag about, but two of them is perfectionism. People brag about it. Like it's this great, I'm a perfectionist. I'm a, that is so toxic. And then people talking about solopreneur, like they're so proud and they should be proud of themselves, but the, the thinking that you can do it all by yourself is absolutely going to hold you back. Yes. You have to have a team. Even if you are the sole owner of your business, you cannot do it without somebody ahead of you, somebody around you, somebody underneath of you. You need all embodied areas of support yes. for your business. And hiring a coach gives you a big part of that. Yes. Because you yes. have somebody that has a 360 degree view. So she's looking down at the whole picture. She's always sta also standing next to you. She also has a community that's going to be supporting you as well. She also understands you, your struggles. But to think that you can be a solopreneur is going to hold you back. 
And yeah. so I, I encourage anybody listening to this that has resonated with solopreneur to change the mindset of solopreneur to I run my business with a team. Even if you don't yeah. have employees yet, the yes. team is your support systems that you have to have. You cannot do everything in a business yourself. Yes. And I totally agree with that. Like I don't have employees, but I got people. <laughs> I have people, you still, you know, you still need an accountant, you still need a coach, you need a lawyer, you need all of these people that have this expertise and that are working for your betterment and for your good. You, you still need that, like never feel like, you know, you're this like lone ranger and never feel like, you know, like everybody's like, you know, I'm so hardworking. Listen to how that sounds like. It's not, it, the word hard is right there, like right in front of you. Like you can, you know, you can have a strong word that thick. You can care about your business, but let's remove the hard part. Let's remove the, because you don't get any extra points for that. You know, hard you, is kind of interwoven. People say hard work when what they're saying is struggle work. Right, right. We all we all get a, a sense of con confidence and completion and a sense of um, you know like success from hard work. But hard work done from what you said earlier, intentional action. Yes. With a full completion and a result from that. Right. Gives us yes. that, I worked hard for this, and it gives us that accomplishment where struggle work, it's, it's kind of the programming we were given from our parents because most of us middle-class Americans had the dad who went to work every day and he drew, well, I have to work hard for my family. He was, he was a better man because he worked hard. But what that does is it creates more working hard and we right. don't want to work struggle. We want to work hard, smart, flow, aligned with yes. results. Yes, those easy words that just make you feel relaxed. Like, you know, when you say flow, I'm just like, okay, I'm sitting outside on my patio with my laptop and a cup of tea. And, you know, I'm creating magic, but I don't even feel like I'm working, you know? And to somebody who does not have that skill set, Oh, that's hard work, you know, as far as, you know, what is being produced. Mm -hmm. But I just, I, 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 that, that word hard just gets me like, let's just pull that out. Let's just, you know, have an experience that is rewarding without feeling like the reward has to be, you know, like you have to, you know, be, you know, dirty and, and broken nails and, you know, like, like you had to go through a fight for it to be a value it's completed notice your anybody who's kind of resonating with this part of the conversation notice where those thoughts show up so the other day I had housekeeping come in and I was sitting there working on the couch and I kept having a desire to apologize for sitting on my couch I kept wanting to apologize in my, so I analyzed those beliefs really quick. In my mind, I'm sitting on my couch in a luxury environment doing something fun. So I'm not working right. hard. Right. right. I was producing amazing things in my business that were getting me results, things that needed to be done, things that felt good. 
but I kept wanting to apologize. And that came from the programming of you have to work hard. You should be doing something all the time. You're being sedentary. You're, you're lazy. You're sitting here doing nothing. You're not getting things done. And I had to put myself in check. But that was like the hardest, I think, transition for me. So, you know, not to, you know, get into a long story, but, you know, I had a, a huge life event that kind of shifted me into this whole, you know, awakening of this, this way is not working. And I think the hardest thing for me was to sit down and be still mm -hmm. because I had been programmed that I'm always supposed to be doing something. And I found that, you know, I'm sitting up here saying I'm always so busy and I'm always tired and I'm always this, but anytime there was even an inkling of space, I would find something to put in that space. And you know, just tying it back to the rest and relaxation, like stop doing that. Resting is a part of your calendar, like the same way anything else is there. Like, you know, white space is beautiful. I mean, you know, we're creatives. We love white space. White space is beautiful. Your calendar needs to have white space as well. I love that. That's so true. White space is where you get those whooshes. Yes. Channel where you can process and feel, be present, enjoy. All the good things come from the white space. Yes, yes, it, you need it because um, otherwise you're just reacting mm -hmm. and you're never giving yourself a, a, a chance to just process. Yeah. Well, this has been great. You know, your, your owner acronym for wildly, enjoyable, profitable business is so good. I thank you. Yes. I um, want to leave everybody with a way to contact you or work with you if they're, if they're interested in working with you. Um, so what do you got? What do you got going on and how can people get in touch? Okay. So right now I'm enrolling in my luxury brand six week intensive. And it's basically a boot camp where we're working through a lot of what we talked about today. So we're, you know, going through what are those mindset blocks that are keeping you from being the most successful self? What are you wanting from your business? Because a lot of times we're living in that business and we don't know what we want. We're just following what the industry standard is or what other people have decided that success is. But what is your success story? What does that look like? And then taking that, pairing it with your ideal client and creating that magic that has those clients seeking you so that you're not, that, that takes away so much of the, the work of what you're doing right now to try to acquire clients, to try to hold on to clients, is that understanding. And we, we tend to skip over that as business owners. So really getting you that core understanding, then adding your systems to that and creating a strategic plan so you're moving forward with intention. So that's what we do in the six-week intensive. Um, you can get in touch with me through Coach Danny D, and that's with two N's, coachdannyd.com. 
And you on, on the homepage, there's going to be information about that um, six-week intensive as well as other programs that we have um, that you can work with me. And that intensive is going to be starting on August 17th. So that's, you know, coming up super fast. So if you want to be in this cohort, go ahead and sign up. And I'd love to work with you, help you get that clarity. And then, you know, we're rounding out this year, going to that next year super strong, knowing who your ideal client is and making sure that, that that's going to be your year, you know, that everybody's going to be talking about how you blew up and how your business, you know, transformed into a luxury brand. Yeah, I love that. So we will leave that website uh, in the description. And if you, anybody listening to this or watching this, uh, if any part of this resonated with you, we would love to hear more about that. And you can find both of us on Facebook and that will be in the description as well. And thank you for watching the Align Yourself to Success podcast. And we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure. Thank you.